I've really never struggled with sending and sending within the God's mission. It's always seemed the easier part for me. Maybe uh, that's because other people like to send me far away. Um, every once in a while, my wife will say to me, don't you have an international trip coming up? And I know that that is code for uh, maybe I need to be far away. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's because I am a third-generation missionary and sending is in my blood. Maybe it's because receiving has always been a little harder for me. And yet in God's mission, we need both sending and, we re and receiving. And my fear is that often as we think of God's mission, we think of the sending part, but we have unnaturally separated sending from receiving, and it's time for us to revisit God's mission in a way that brings these together. And just perhaps, we are living into an era right now in North America where increasingly sending means receiving. Well, of course, there's a wonderful theological framework for holding these together, and that's found in the doctrine of the Trinity within Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We find sending and we find receiving. God is host and God is guest. All throughout scripture we find this marvelous free-flowing dance, and that's the primary reason for the passage that we just read. The disciples were there locked, and usually the lock happens on the inside of the door. Fear was gripping their hearts, and they were frantically trying to put together the pieces of what they had just seen, what they had just experienced, and there Jesus stands amongst them. And he says these words, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Now, this is a curious sight, and you often don't think of sending a bunch of people who are huddled together for fear of the Jews with the door locked behind, but these are precisely the people that Jesus is sending. And then he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. In this dance of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we find that sending requires receiving. And having received, we are sent into the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And having been sent with the gospel of Jesus Christ, by the presence of the Holy Spirit, it enables us to receive from others. And the dance continues. Well, let me try and unpack some of these things and, and, and talk about what they actually look like. First of all, receiving requires a posture of waiting. The disciples were told to wait in Jerusalem until the coming of the Holy Spirit, and I don't know about you, but I often find waiting is the hardest part of all. And perhaps this is where my ocean of neuroses come into play. We are trained at an early age to go, do, and act within the world. We get rewarded for these kinds of activities with approbations and trophies and degrees. If you're a graduate student, or worse yet, a PhD student, you've gotten where you are largely by going and doing. Well, this is who I am. I love to work and I love to go. And I, this is what I know best. And this is what I've been rewarded for all my life. And even my resting takes the form of doing and going, such as gardening, lifting weights, running, hiking, traveling abroad. 
And I think that we carry these proclivities even into our reading of scripture, focusing more on the heroic and often neglecting the quiet. We reflect upon Abram and Sarah called from Ur of Chaldees to the promised land, but don't ever really muse upon those years leading up to Genesis 12. We spend little time thinking of the Israelites when they were in exile. We reflect upon Jesus's earthly ministry, but not those 30 years of silence. We gravitate towards the eager, almost impulsive responsiveness of Paul, but not his years in the wilderness. We recount the meteoric rise of the early church, but not its patient ferment. I've preached dozens of sermons on sendings, but never until this one on receiving, and certainly not the kind of receiving that requires us to wait. However, waiting makes us receptive to God's mission, and it helps us to receive. Well, as this acne-spotted, testosterone-riddled youth of 20 years old, I attended my first Urbana Missions Conference. Here I was gathered with 18,000 other college students standing on the threshold of history. And when you're 20 years old, history really means your history, not everybody else's history. And there I was contemplating what I would do after graduation. I wanted to change the world. I wanted to travel to far distant places. I wanted, I yearned to be sent. And so I devoted myself to a whole week of going from conference booth to conference booth within the yawning uh, canvas of this convention hall, essentially selling my wares. However, nary did I get even a little nibble. I was willing to go anywhere to do anything, but all I heard were those proverbial crickets chirping in the silence. Day after day, I inquired. Day after day, people gave me various responses. Maybe you should get some more education. Maybe you need a little bit more experience, or perhaps you should go to such and such organization. I felt like I was at a speed dating event with not even a furtive glance. I felt like it was middle school all over again. I remember going out into one bleak December night and walking the largely vacant streets of Urbana and shaking my fist at God. Where are you? Why are you silent? What are you doing? Don't you see that I'm willing to go, that I want to be sent? God didn't answer me that night, at least not that I heard. I left the Urbana Missions Conference a failure. I was confused by God's silence. The next day I arrived home and the senior pastor of my church called me into his office. He asked me if I would be the next youth pastor of my home congregation. That was a cruel blow. I wanted to be in Africa, I wanted to be in Latin America, I wanted to be in Asia, I wanted to be any place other than suburban America and I certainly didn't want to go home to my home church. I initially told the pastor no, and then said, well, I will pray upon it, and this is where God smiles wryly. And he reminds us that sending is more, about a, more than about a place, but sending is about the one who sends us. 
Going is more about transcending national boundaries, but going is dealing with our own internal biases. Well, I spent four years as a pastor coaching lacrosse in high schools, navigating the intricacies of youth culture, and then another six years doing college ministry before my wife and I would end up in another country. You see, I think I needed to receive. And I think I needed to receive by waiting. Well, I look back at those years as a time in which the Holy Spirit really deepened me. He taught me who he was. He opened up my life to other people. He opened up my life to youth. I remember these years as years of receiving. Waiting helps us to receive, and receiving helps us to be responsive to what God is doing in this world. However, receiving isn't just about preparing to go, but there's something deeper that's happening here. God is dealing with our identity. My wife and I struggled many years with infertility. This isn't something that we normally talk about. It implies failure, inability, things we abhor. We spent years pleading to God for a family, and despite medical professionals telling that us that we could have children, we never had biological children. But it was this process of waiting that shaped us more than we could possibly express. After five, six, seven years, I don't even remember anymore. I remember going to the library at Trinity Seminary where my wife was studying, and I sat there praying. And all of a sudden it came to me, God had indeed answered our prayers. Not in the way we had requested by granting us a child, but he was doing a deeper work of yoking our identities to him. It was about dependency. It was about intimacy. Things that can only be learned over long, hard years of silence. Shortly after that time, we began the process of adoption. And to make a long and beautiful story, curt and incredibly unattractive, twice God sent women to us asking if we would adopt their children. And twice these children were biracial. And here we have one of these deeper storylines that only God can tell. We were preparing to go to Africa and God was opening up the borders of our identity, asking, are you willing to accept the nations into your family? We were looking at missions in terms of vocation or location, and God was looking at the very makeup of our family. You see, adoption became a bit of a microcosm for what would happen for the ensuing years, where God would graft into our lives beautiful, marvelous African women and men to enlarge who we were by making them part of us. You see, receiving opens the borders of our identity. We often think of receiving and sending as some kind of linear process, that you receive the Holy Spirit and then you're sent. But I think it's actually a little bit more complex than even that, because once we are sent, we need to have postures of receiving others to whom we are sent. And that sometimes is the hardest process, because these people sometimes look different than we are. They act different. 
That was the deeper work that God was doing in our lives. Of course, the early church also needed to learn these lessons. Peter's vision of the unclean foods, right? Precipitated a visit to Cornelius's house. And there he experienced this incredible seismic shift in terms of his interpretation of scriptures and what God was doing in the world. As the early church saw the Gentiles filled with the Holy Spirit, it led them to revisit the fundamental essence of Christian identity. As Peter says, they also have received the Holy Spirit. Aren't those powerful words? They had to learn to receive. Now in Africa, we have this wonderful custom. It's a custom when you come to a church of giving and receiving greetings. So what happens is you would come into a church, you're a visitor, and they would ask you, you don't get a choice, they will ask you to stand up, and they'll ask you to bring greetings or bring blessings, and you'll stand up and you'll say, I've come from this, this denomination or this area, or I come from this congregation, and I give you my greetings. And at least in a number of churches that I've been a part of, what they do is they reach out into the air, they grab those greetings, and they bring them to themselves. Isn't that beautiful? I, I love the, 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 the visibility of that, the, the embodiment of it. I think we also need to learn how to receive from others. Yesterday we heard three marvelous testimonies from three amazing women. As I was sitting there, I found myself actually leaning forward in my pew. I felt like I was trying to pull those stories into myself, trying to have them not just be stories, but things that actually come into me and change who I am. You see, receiving needs to be intentional. It needs to be learned. Now, when we receive from other people, we don't engulf them. We don't swallow them whole. Because the danger with that is that we actually can control people by receiving. But we receive the Holy Spirit, they receive the Holy Spirit, and it, and it, it allows for us to have this really intimate, um, organic relationship in which we allow their stories to actually become grafted into who we are. Well, this is who I am. I've shared with you, I'm a third generation missionary. I've lived in four countries, three continents. I have adopted biracial children. Who am I? Okay, that's a question for the counseling department. But what I'm, what I'm saying about myself is actually becoming more and more common in this world today. These various hybrid identities, this various grafting together, this hodgepodge of identities. And what I'm saying is I actually think we need more of that and not less. Because sometimes sending really is about receiving. We face a critical moment in world history without sounding too hyperbolic. Never before have we seen such massive movement of people around the world. National templates are being reconstructed. God has chosen to shake our world. Wherever you go, you find the nations, right? The largest population of Japanese people outside of Japan is in Brazil. 
The largest churches in Europe are African. Many of the nations in the Gulf states are filled with Filipinos, South Indians, and East Africans. Chinese are everywhere. But people aren't just crossing national borders, they're also crossing internal borders. They're, they're moving within their countries, bringing subpopulations and heightened contact with each other. Unless we think that this is something that just happens far away, do you realize that Fayette County Schools have students who speak 82 different languages. This is here in Kentucky. Now there's obviously an ugly underbelly to this. Conflict, racism, tribalism, unfortunately, are on the rise. Jingoism and religious extremism are increasingly coloring our world. But with the movement of people, might it just be possible that we are being invited into a long, extended season of receiving. And that this is not antithetical to God's mission in the world, but it is central to it. For years, Western missions has prioritized sending and perhaps now we need to learn about receiving. Now it's easy to receive something that is different from you when it is far away, but it's much harder to receive something different from you when it is near. It's easy to partner with an African church, but what about the African-Americans that are right next door to you? It's easy for us to adopt even international children, but what about biracial domestic children? You see, this starts to get at some of the problems that we have within ourselves. It's easy to be the host when you get to dictate the terms. It's much harder to be the host when you are also the guest. I think we've allowed our understanding of God's mission to be too colored by sending and not enough by receiving. I have friends in England who have recently retired. Beautiful, beautiful people. They live in a large house by British standards. And they were wondering, now that we've retired, what should we do? Should we downsize and pocket some of the additional revenue for our retirement? Should we convert some of the extra bedrooms into uh, places where our grandchildren can come? And, and by the way, either one of those options I don't think would have been wrong. But they went to the city government and they said, we want a place where refugees can live. And so they've opened up their spare bedrooms to asylum seekers. Now, it's kind of humorous. When I was living in Kenya, I would travel occasionally up to England where I would meet with my PhD mentor. And I would always ask them, okay, so who am I sharing a house with this trip? Is it gonna be a North African family? Is it going to be a Chinese mother? Is it gonna be an Iranian man, man? Well, it was all of those. And most of them could not end up, could not speak English. Well, the church found out about the Roberts doing this, and the vicar, the, the pastor of the church, came up to them and said, I'd like for you to consider being a pastor of our Iranian congregation. Now, this is really funny for Stuart because he's a retired uh, computer science professor at the university where I studied. He has no theological training, and yet the point I think is really poignant 
that when you open yourself up to receiving from others, you have no idea where it's going to take you. And so today he is the pastor of a Farsi-speaking Iranian congregation. And I think that this is actually what it looks like when sending is actually receiving. We often treat our homes or churches as private, boundaried, carefully policed locations for us and for our people. And in this way, perhaps we sometimes act like the disciples being locked behind closed doors for fear of all of those things that are on the outside. Now, yes, we need to be wise. Countries don't indiscriminately open their borders to anyone, and people don't indiscriminately open their their, their internal borders to everybody. We, we need to be wise, but God's mission always takes us by the hand past fear, past boundaries. Peace be with you. As the Father is sending me, I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. We also need to learn how to receive and to do so in our families. We need to do so in our neighborhoods. We especially need to do so in our churches. And all around the world, we are finding incredible ministries that are doing this. There's a marvelous ministry to international women just here in Lexington that is all about receiving. There are hundreds of wonderful ministries to international students. At the very heart, I believe, of a multicultural church plant is a posture of receiving. It's happening. Unfortunately, too often our churches tend to be places of sending and not enough places of receiving. We come to the seminary in order to be sent, but might it be possible that you also came here to receive and not just from the faculty in the classrooms, but from women like we heard yesterday. Sending pushes us outside our comfort zones while receiving welcomes us into the lives of others. Sending crosses boundaries while receiving opens up our internal boundaries. There's no pure sending even as there's no pure receiving. We are sent to receive and we receive to send. Isn't this a beautiful story that God tells? The early church gathered together and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then persecution came upon them with Stephen's death and they were scattered. And everywhere they went, they sowed seeds of the gospel and gathered together in new communities. And then scattering happened again with the destruction of Jerusalem. And like seeds cast to the wind, they were blown farther away to places like North Africa and India and Europe. And everywhere they went, they learned to gather once again into new communities. They learned what it means to receive. Well, we find all of this in the Trinity. God is the host and God is the guest. And if you find yourself in those arms this morning, and you are, know that you are also sent into this world and you are sent to receive. Despite all the problems that we see in this world, and they, their name is Legion, I have never been so excited about what I'm seeing in the world. God has chosen to shake our world and all the pieces are falling together across the globe and God is taking them and he's gathering them together into what we call the church 
of Jesus Christ. And as he's doing so, he is reshaping us into the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Sometimes sending really is receiving. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we find ourselves in your embrace. We find ourselves in that divine dance, and we find ourselves constantly moving because you are a God who's on the move. So even as we go out into this world, teach us what it means to receive. And I would ask especially that where we struggle to receive, we would repent. Look within our hearts, see that sinfulness, see those boundaries, see those ways that we have fostered about thinking of other brothers and sisters and break down those walls by the blood of Jesus Christ. We repent in order to receive. So please send us the church of Jesus Christ out and send us out with your arms to gather together your people, the fullness who fills everything in every way. We pray this in your name. Amen.